It's a big hello and welcome to the newsroom from VLGA Connect with Catherine Arndt, the CEO of the VLGA, joining me as she always does at this time. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Chris. Good to see you this week. And you. How are you going? Yeah, look, not too bad at all. And how about yourself? Going well, thank you, because there's lots of news to keep us uh, interested and busy when you work in the local government sector. There certainly is. There's no, never a dull moment. And we've got some news just hot off the press, I believe. We have. So uh, you're talking about Strathbogie. I the am. There was a count back there today. What was the result of that, Chris? Yeah, so let's deal with that. So there was an extraordinary vacancy, or extraordinary vacancy, I should say, brought about by the resignation of Councillor uh, Lycos there. So um, as I uh, understand it, three eligible candidates were still in the mix. The countback was uh, conducted this morning and David Andrews was the uh, successful candidate. Mr Andrews has uh, 48 hours to complete a declaration of qualification before he can take up the role. So that's uh, you know a bit of change happening for Strathbogie because Catherine, you'll note that they're also the council that has, is having a municipal monitor appointed as of last week. That's right. Janet Dorr was appointed as the monitor up there. And um, the VLGA congratulates Mr uh, Andrews. Uh, and um, we'll wait to see if he accepts um, the position that um, I, he, he's now been successful in obtaining. Yes, I imagine that he will and will be sworn in before too long. Uh, also, um, very topical at the moment, Catherine, this issue of councils seeking alternative revenue streams. Of course, uh, we're in a rate-capped environment in Victoria. Lots of pressure on councils' budgets to deliver the services that communities expect. And an interesting proposal out of Maribyrnong this week, where the mayor has put up a this concept of the council going into an enterprise to cultivate and manufacture medicinal cannabis, the idea has been supported by uh, his councillor colleagues, in fact, last night, unanimously. And so they're now going out to the community to test the idea. Well, that's just um, an extraordinary example of, I guess, what the new Local Government Act, or not so new, actually allows councils to do now, and that is to explore alternate revenue streams through creating or um, setting up, um, whether it be a sort of a collaborative commercial venture or a commercial venture that they operate themselves for the purpose of generating that um, additional revenue that they can then reinvest back into the community. I imagine though that the, the principles of deliberative engagement will apply to these sort of ventures as well as um, you know, the current sort of strategic planning processes that councils are undergoing. Is that your understanding, Chris? Well, it's going to come down to the council's community engagement policy, which is meant to set out how it will use deliberative engagement with its community. I, I would think when this gets, if this gets to the stage of being a more fully formed proposal, that the council would be seriously considering using a deliberative engagement um, uh, method. Uh, at the moment, my understanding is they're just testing uh, general appetite in the community. And if you'd like, Catherine, I can play you a bit of my interview with uh, Councillor Kai, because I did ask him that question about what has the early response been like from the community? The, the, the majority is saying, you yeah, look, if this is going to have an impact on our rates, yes, do it. Uh, the other side to it too, Chris, is that people are saying, well, hold on, you are looking at employment opportunities here as well. And uh, we've had a, a number of people, uh, including a lot of our council workers, uh, expressing an immediate interest 
uh, in the uh, employment opportunities the venture does provide. So, Catherine, that's another angle that uh, people are picking up on. That it could be a job generator um, and a space that councils, I think it's fair to say, have always wanted to be in, but haven't necessarily found the right way to do that in a, in in some innovative and new and different ways. Yeah, look, innovation is certainly uh, being encouraged and embraced by the local government sector, and we've just heard uh, an excellent example of of that and some of the considerations that councils will be, you know, examining, as you say, or or Michael Clark said, um, the employment opportunities and, and the additional revenue sources. So anyone interested can hear more of that interview that I've done with uh, Councillor Clark on a special Roundup Extra edition, which will be dropping on your podcast app uh, pretty much uh, any time now. So we'll keep an eye on that one, because uh, I can tell you, Catherine, uh, all the other councils in the state are going to be watching that one very closely. I think they will be, Chris, indeed. Some other now, news, um, hot off the press is the inquiry into the impact of social media on Victorian elections and Victoria's electoral administration. This was a a parliamentary committee inquiry that some of our viewers might recall was happening around the same time as the local government elections last year in October. Now, the initial scope of that inquiry, unfortunately, didn't extend to the local government sector. and, And There was a sense, of course, amongst the sector, and certainly the VLGA expressed this directly to the chair of the the committee, that it was a missed opportunity, that here we are in the midst of uh, local government elections. We've got this inquiry happening into an issue that we have talked about, that we're hearing more and more about, and this is the impact of the use of social media uh, in elections. So hot off the press, that um, report was released yesterday, and we can share that um, with viewers today. But essentially, there were 33 recommendations, about 70 findings. It's a very comprehensive report. Now, I've not had an opportunity, Chris, I'm not sure if you had to examine all of those in detail, but but there are some interesting comments there uh, in the report about the role of political parties themselves who may be endorsing candidates to have their own code of conduct in regard to the use of social media by their candidates. So there are a number of, um, uh, I guess, uh, summations in the report. I think there's a recognition that social media is here to stay and to continue and that it does bring with it some benefits um, in an election process. But the report also highlighted those uh, risks and some of the, you know, the bad behaviour we see when social media is used as well. So well worth a read when when I've got a little bit more time, Chris. Indeed. Um, there's a bit more news uh, happening around the sector, Catherine. This week, Kingston City Council have announced the appointment of a new CEO, and it's Peter Bean, who's been at Melton City Council for quite some time. That's right, over 11 years, I believe, in a general manager role there. And he, of course, has worked at a number of other councils as well. So congratulations, Peter. And um, I'm not sure when he kicks off at Kingston, but I'm sure they're looking forward to welcoming him. 1st of November to start a five-year term, as I understand it. And the the other bit of news is the uh, the opposition in Victoria have uh, announced a new shadow cabinet just after we did our interview with uh, David Morris as the shadow Minister for Local Government recently. There's a new shadow Minister for Local Government now. Indeed, there is. Murphy's Law, Chris. Uh, we uh, 
I had uh, David Morris, the former uh, Shadow Minister for Local Government, on the agenda for a while and we finally locked him in. And um, now there is a new local uh, Shadow Local Government Minister in Richard Reardon and we also have a new Shadow uh, Housing and Planning Minister. Viewers might recall that that was David Davis previously, uh, but we uh, that position is now held by Ryan Smith. So a couple of, well, a few big changes there mm. in the Shadow Ministry, and we can circulate that also with the program. Absolutely, we can. Thank you for that, Catherine. Uh, also, uh, the the little bet that's been going on between Bullockshire and Queenscliff Borough in terms of the race towards uh, uh, towards uh, you know high vaccination rates. I think uh, Bullock hasn't got a chance because Queenscliff's really uh, going very well, aren't they? Oh, look, oh, they are. I think they've exceeded the 70%. Uh, I'm not sure if that's just for the first uh, vaccination or, in fact, fully vaccinated. They are the smallest borough or the small, smallest LGA uh, in Victoria. So I, I guess they've um, got an advantage in that. But um, congratulations to them if anyone is keeping tabs on that, not that um, we, of course, uh, support the exchange of, of, of money. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, a, it was a bet for for dinner and accommodation, I think, in the other's municipality. But okay. uh, that would be 70% uh, or above of first facts, because uh, of uh, um, uh, fully vaxxed, because I think their first facts is well higher. Now, we've got quite a bit coming up from the VLGA that we should just spend a moment reminding people about, including some uh, VLGA Connect interviews that I think you might be part of, some if not all, uh, coming uh, in the not too distant future. Yes, that's right, Chris. Uh, you and I will be hosting Sue Ann Hunter, who is the Uruk Justice Commissioner. Uh, that's coming up in a week or so. We also have David Wolfe, who's been a regular on our program, the Deputy Commissioner at IBAC, talking about a report into the experiences of Local Government Workforce, uh, I believe that's the report he'll be commenting on. And we also have Romilly Madju from Infrastructure Australia, the CEO there, to talk about their, I think it was a 30-year infrastructure uh, strategy that they released last week. So looking forward to those. Yes, some really significant documents. And the IBAC one, I think, is specifically about perceptions of local government employees in, in with regard to fraud and corruption. So there's some very uh, interesting insights that have come from that. And our live panel on electing the mayor, because it's that time of the year, is coming up next week. It is the 23rd of September. I can't believe we're heading into September, well, almost into October. So um, we have a number of... Um, Panellists lined up for that. We've got Councillor Kim O'Keefe, who is the Mayor at Shepparton, and we have Tony Rannick from Hunt & Hunt Lawyers, proud sponsor of the VLGA Governance Program and also a regular. Tony, of course, is a former Mayor. And we also have Ian um, McCormack, who is a local government consultant and author based in Canada. And Chris, I believe you had the pleasure of catching up with all of our panellists this morning for a pre-panel briefing. And it sounds like it's going to be a really engaging conversation next week. I, I do think it will, particularly, uh, you know, Kim can talk about some very fresh experiences as uh, the leader of a council dealing with a crisis, because we all know what's been happening with COVID in, uh, in Greater Shepparton. Tony, of course, will look at that legislative aspect of, you know, the new Local Government Act with some new and different powers, if you like, uh, or obligations for mayors. 
uh, and Ian's been researching the attributes of successful mayors and will share some of those insights with us. So I, I think it'll be a really, really worthwhile and timely discussion. Timely indeed, and, and that's why we are holding it now. And we hope that not all councils in Victoria have, have made a decision as to who their mayor might be and made that decision six months ago. I think the purpose of, of this conversation is to, I mean, it's called what does what does leadership require or what leadership requires. It's all around having a think about the role of mayor, their important uh, legislative responsibilities, their role in leading the group of councillors, um, setting almost the culture and the tone of the council and also being responsible for upholding and implementing the council code of conduct. So there are some very important considerations um, that need to be taken into account. Uh, and finally, Fast Track Part 2. I know this is getting into October, but it's not that far away, as you've, you've mentioned, the 1st of October, mm -hmm. uh, with a big program now happening in an online environment. Indeed. We've brought the program online. It is going ahead. We've got a fantastic um, lineup of panellists and topics for that. All um, councillors would have received information on that program. It's also available on our, our website. We did engage the um, services of a professional online event company just to ensure that because it is a one-day conference, participants get that benefit of having high-quality production value. That's all very exciting. So there's lots coming. It's a busy time of the year, Catherine, and your team, I know, is working really hard to present all those opportunities for members to get value out of their membership of the VLGA. And of course, you've got a new board in place uh, that's uh, helping to drive all of this for you too. We have. We, we announced the uh, the new board, I think, a couple of programs ago. Uh, Councillor Denise Massoud is the VLGA president. Uh, Louise Hill is the vice president. We have Andrew Sloman as treasurer. And Denise is very active in the local government sector. Many of our viewers will have come across Denise or, or um, you know, already be very familiar with her. And it's, it's front of mind for the VLGA board, as it is for myself and the team, um, to ensure that we continue to provide quality support and services to the local government sector, uh, to our members in particular, but also to encourage those councils who may not be yet members to seriously consider why they wouldn't be part of the only uh, peak body in the local government sector supporting effective governance uh, in local government. So um, a lot there to consider and um, we're always looking to improve what we can be doing to support that. Fabulous. On that note, I think uh, we're, we're wrapped for another newsroom. Thank you, Catherine. Great to talk as always and we'll see you next week. Thanks, Chris. Take care. Catherine Arndt is the CEO of the VLGA. That's the newsroom for the 15th of September. And that's it for VLGA Connect. See you again soon. Mm -hmm.